0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is up? Tuesday, April the 11th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of The Daily Crow. Of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see C. Youngblood, Travis Colton, Brendan, Stephen, John Edward, Marion. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Appreciate you all. Thank you all for being flexible and tuning in to a morning TDC. Also, all those in the Big Cock Club Discord have the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Uh, Of course, we are not in studio. As you can see, we are out and about on the road. We got the remote set up, so let me know if you have any issues with audio, video, if there's any uh, internet issues, lagging, what have you, please let me know, and we'll make adjustments as we go, obviously, to a different mic, so any video, audio stuff, let me know what's going on. Uh, Guys, thank you all so much. Again, appreciate you all. 10 to 12 today, not our normal noon to 2, as we are here in beautiful Hilton Head Island, excuse me, South Carolina, having ourselves one hell of a week. Cheers. Cheers to you all, but really excited to chat today. Again, Tuesday, April 11th, it is game day. South Carolina taking on USC Upstate tonight. Uh, big game at Founders Park as the Yardcocks get back to action. First game since Friday. It feels like it's been forever, but uh, the boys are back in action this afternoon or tonight, I should say. And, of course, we're counting down to the spring game. Also, in the meantime, of course, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That 843 790 Of course, it's always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app We're going to PricePicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match out of $100, guys. You can play literally anything and everything college sports, pro sports, you name it. They've got it over at Price Picks. So, again, be sure to check them out again. You can play so many fans and listeners of the daily of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com when you do use that promo code TSUS to receive that 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out. Tell them that Chris and the Spurs Up show sent you. As you can probably see in the background over here, we've got the dogs, we've got the puppies. The Rally Dog, Rally Puppy is somewhere around here as well. So again, we are rocking, we are rolling, having ourselves, if I can figure out what I want to do with this guy here, we are having ourselves one hell of a time. So again, thank you all so much for tuning in, appreciate it, and again, looking forward to chatting with you all, conversating, what have you. I'm going to do this while we're on the air, by the way. Our good friend, Eric Reese, my dude that does all of my prediction graphics, stuff like that. He actually made me, let's see if we can do it. He actually made us a brand new overlay for the Daily Crow, which I forgot to then upload to my laptop. So let's see here if we can get this uploaded right now because it's actually really, really easy. And it's really simple. Let's see, I might be messing with, messing with something here. Give me one second, guys one second okay i think we're i think that's just the wind i was wondering like what that sound was i think that's just the wind okay we're good now i don't hear it anymore let's see all right we'll get this overlay up here let's try this all right y'all let me know how you like it too we're gonna see how this looks here we go boom so what we're gonna do we're gonna take the text off and there we go so how are we liking that how are we liking that? I actually think, though, I think, unfortunately, the overlay that he made it does not include the prize picks or the Spurs Up show logo, so we may have to, let's see, I shouldn't be doing this on the air, but I figure, why not? Morning TDC, just kind of know, okay, so he didn't do that, okay, so. All right, we'll get that figured out. Again, guys, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. I sort of mess around right now. The new overlay is fire, though. The new overlay is very, very fire. Again, I appreciate my guy Eric Reese for uh, taking the time and doing that for us. Again, we got the rally puppies, the rally dogs here in the studio, or in the studio, in the setup as well. Lena White, why the early show? uh lantern as you can see we are not in studio we're out and about hilton head island south carolina we're down here with the golf tournament for the beach just enjoying ourselves and uh just figured why not honestly just figured why not be able to go ahead and do the show and uh, have more of the day to myself honestly if you want to know it's for selfish reasons why we're live early so this will not be a a permanent thing but just figured we can knock out the show 10 to 12 instead of 12 to 2 and then we'll be done at noon obviously instead of 2 and be able to again Get out to the beach, get out to the golf course, get out and about. So uh, looking forward to the week and having a fun week. But still, we are live, we're rocking, we're rolling, and excited to chat with you guys. It's rare, by the way, that we're down in Hilton Head and we are not with our friends over at Carolina Cigars. It is very rare that uh, we're down here not with them. Let's see. Let's see. So we got the the Rally Puppy once again. The Rally Puppy once again. Many of you will recognize this little pup, the star of the show, helped us sweep the Georgia Bulldogs. Has really helped us to this point. I would credit her a lot with the twenty-eight and four record and uh, what nine and two in SEC play. So, congratulations, little. Good job, the rally puppy. If you come, hey, if you come to Carolina Alehouse Somerville for the tour event on Thursday, you might get to meet the rally puppy. So, you might get to meet the rally dog. All right, we're gonna give her a rest. Good deal. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Let's see. Yeah, it's Yorkie. Yeah, Marin, for sure. Phil, what's up, my man? Phil, what's going on? Appreciate you. Appreciate you tuning in uh really loving the new setup by the way again guys you can tell at the bottom here we got a new overlay via my friend uh eric reese again as you see all the puppies are here my friend eric reese that does our prediction graphics really, really good stuff uh revamped it for us we're going to get the price picks logo and the and the tsus logos back up top as well i'll let eric know i don't know if he's tuned in maybe but we're going to let him know but uh love it love the the new overlay at the bottom, you, you see the store link and all the store stuff, and I know the store's popping off right now, guys. Of course, spring game on Saturday, uh, probably too late to order anything. It's definitely too late to order anything and get it in time for the spring game. But Thursday, the Carolina Alehouse spring tour continues in Somerville. We will have the Beamer Ball towels, the koozies, and the Beamer Ball to the Moon tour T-shirts will be available and for sale. So really, really exciting stuff, guys. Uh, looking forward to Somerville. We got three stops left. Somerville, Fort Mill, and then Myrtle Beach to close it out on the 27th. So really, really look, looking forward to it. And Again, appreciate you all. Those who have come out, man, the tour has been an absolute blast. I love doing them. Love getting out and about, shaking hands, kissing babies, the whole deal. Meet with you guys, talking Gamecocks. And, of course, this is an exciting week because of the spring game. And uh, everybody will gather at Williams-Brice Stadium. I wonder what the attendance will be like um i know last year there was a lot of debate right what the attendance was and i think it was steve fink that gave the official number that it was something like twenty thousand. and i think we i think we all agree that was that was pretty inaccurate it was pretty wrong um you know will how will they calculate how will they calculate attendance this year we shall see i'm gonna move this to the other side guys this is kind of annoying i don't know why sometimes i just i have to learn i don't know maybe i could even do this no, it's not going to work. Let's see. Actually, yeah, I could actually just do this. Just put it on the uh, put it on the headphones there. Now it'll just go with me. Phil, appreciate you, my guy. Hey, look at Phil with the super stat. Thank you, Phil. <clears throat> Thank you, Phil. I appreciate you. You're the man. Yeah, even if you're not a big rugby fan, be sure you support the Ruck and Roosters show. If you love the Gamecock, support the Ruck and Roosters show. Support support cock rugby again Phil thank you sir thank you sir and if you want to support the business through YouTube you can <clears throat> through super chat super stickers what have you want to support the business support the content support everything we do you can on YouTube super chat and super stickers Phil you're the man I appreciate that sincerely thank you so much and again guys thank y'all for being flexible and tuning in today here early we'll be doing this guys uh of course today right now we're live tomorrow also 10 to 12 no TDC Thursday Friday We'll be back normal noon to two. So, I think a lot of our normal crowd probably can't tune in this time of day, which is fine, which is fine. Again, it's not a permanent thing. We're just doing this in the morning for right now. So, anyways, 8437903377. Guys, the phone lines are indeed open. Uh, Braddock says the time change has me off. Yeah, man, it, it, it's a short thing. Trust me, it's a short thing. Uh, just yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And like I said, the big reason we're doing it just simply being on vacation. I wanted to be able to enjoy more of the day, if you will. We were up this morning at 6.30 this morning, walking on the beach, catching the sunrise, all that good stuff, and really enjoying our time. Again, of course, just got here late yesterday and going to be here till Thursday. And then Thursday, of course, Thursday night, we'll be in Somerville for the the spring tour, and then we'll hike it back up to the upstate. So, guys, also, update on this weekend. Excuse me, in case you missed it. In case you missed it, uh, live stream watch-along. Live stream watch along. For the spring game, we'll go live at seven o'clock, which is when that game will kick off. Um, you can get full reaction and everything from yours truly for the spring game on Saturday. So going to be a lot of fun. I know it's different and unique and a different vibe that I will not be there in person. But like I told you guys, I'm really just committed to I'm really committed to the live stream watch-along stuff, and I think it's a huge enhancement for content. I think it's a great value add for you guys, for the end consumer, which is what it's all about. You know, the the tour events serve as an opportunity for us to shake hands and and to hang out and have conversation in person. On game day, my number one goal and obligation is to create great content. Bottom line, it's to create great content, And uh, I think that's what we're going to do. That's what you absolutely are going to do. And it's what we've done to this point, you know, with the live stream watch alongs and everything else we've done. uh, I think they've been a huge success. So going to do more of that. That's where we'll be. We'll be locked in in the studio on Saturday. Also a huge weekend for baseball. as well. a huge night for baseball tonight as the Gamecocks take on uh, USC Upstate. How about Aaliyah Boston? Number one overall pick. Uh, A couple other picks going for the Gamecocks as well, but obviously the big one, Aaliyah Boston taking number one overall to the Indiana Fever. She will join Destani Henderson. I believe it's the name Destani Henderson in Indiana, former Gamecock as well. Um, and again, guys, outside of that, would love to hear from you. three seven77 03377. I do not know. Let's see. Is he? I would imagine Shane Beamer's probably speaking to the media today. I could be wrong. Nope, but he is. He will speak today at 1227. So we will be off the air by the time Shane Beamer speaks to the media. So if you want to tune in to that, guys, it'll be on the Gamecocks YouTube page. We will not air it because at noon, we're going to wrap this thing up, and I'm going to hike my behind right to the beach. I can tell you that right now. So I will be sitting beachside when Shane Beamer is speaking to everybody. Uh, Not a bad way to take in Coach's press conference. Can't do that if you have credentials, my friends, if you're sitting in that room with credentials. Would much rather be sitting on the beach. Would much rather be sitting on the beach enjoying ourselves. So, anyways, guys, anyways, let's see. Anyways, Adam Herndon, I'm on stay, oh, I'm on staycation this week, looking forward to the spring game this weekend. Yeah, Adam, going to be a lot of fun, for sure. Going to be a lot of fun, and I posted a clip this morning about, about uh, not overreacting the spring games, but I will tell you this, getting a look at the carry-on joint at the running back position, going to be fascinating, right? I, I don't think drawing a conclusion from it in the sense of Dak Joyner, if he runs for 100 yards or... He has a rushing touchdown. Is he RB1? Is he going to rush for 1,000? He's going to get drafted as a running back? I would say hold your horses and slow down on that. But, I mean, certainly I think it'll be interesting to get a look at him and just how he looks. What's the flow of the offense like with the Camryon joiner in the backfield? Because you can do a lot of creative things with him. Not only can he run the football, and we know how great he is with the ball in his hands, but you just open up all kinds of things in regards to trick plays, him throwing the football, you know, you can move him outside. You know, you put, can put him in motion. He's a mismatch, if you will. So I think there's a lot of good things you can do with a Karen on And I think that's been the thing – that's been the biggest frustration, right? Because even last year when I said, hey, he's not necessarily a quarterback by trade, receiver, or running back, or what have you, he is a weapon. He, he's a guy that's an athlete. He's a guy that he can help you, right, in a multitude of ways. He's got that athleticism. And I feel like we just have not seen it utilized, for like, for whatever reason. And I don't know – I mean, every time it seems like he touched the football last year, good things were happening. So maybe he will get more of those opportunities. But, you know, getting a look at the carry-on joiner, I, I think that is probably the top storyline. Again, you cannot draw conclusions because I'd love to say, you know, how does Spencer Rattler look? What does the offense look like? But we're just probably not going to see enough to really get a feel. I mean, obviously you want to see Spencer Rattler have command. And, of course, the article coming out yesterday that, you know, the, the, the hot – I won't say rumor, but the the – the word coming out of camp in Columbia, if you will, is that Spencer Rattler's flourishing and he loves Dabble Logan's offense. And again, guys, I take it with a bit of a grain of salt. I, I do, just because it's – it's there aren't many camps that are probably going to release negative information right now and say that, like, God, this you know, Devin Leary, Kentucky, he just looks terrible. Like, who's going to say that? You know what I mean? Even if it's true – you're not going to hear that sort of like how it's like at media days, it's best shape of your life season. Everybody's optimistic. Everybody's good. Everybody's doing well. I mean, that's sort of how spring ball is. Like if you're not doing good in spring ball, then I mean, you know, you don't have much hope for the fall in the regular season, but uh, it is great and encouraging to hear Spencer Rattler about how he's flourishing the offense. And I mean, you, you would think, I mean, you would really think, you know, if you want to make excuses for Spencer Rattler last year, year one in the system, Marcus Satterfield had a flaw system, It was overcomplicated. It was too complex. He wasn't able to grasp it. And when they simplified it, if you will, later in the season, we saw the Spencer Rattler we all thought we were going to see all season long. I mean, this is a, it goes without saying, but a huge year for number seven. And I, I think for him, he needs to live up to the hype, bottom line. And I sort of find myself in a similar spot this time last year in the sense when I said, you know, keeping things realistic. You could win seven games. You could win eight games. But it's like it'll be kind of sad if you go seven and five with arguably the most talented quarterback to ever step foot on your campus. You know, it'll just be kind of sad. I mean, truly, it'll be kind of sad if you do that. So, um, you know, it'll be up to Dabble Login, Shane Beamer, that entire offensive staff to get the most out of him. I think we all saw last year late in the season what he's capable of, what he can do for you, uh, the spark he can provide. I think seeing him take on more of a leadership role and just evolve as a leader, obviously year two in that locker room, he's got even more respect in the guys, if you will. So, um, and it's like I mentioned too, man. I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't get talked about more. Because when Spencer Rattler was brought into Columbia, you know, all everybody wanted to talk about was, you know, is he a good teammate? Look what he did at Oklahoma. This, that, whatever. Like, why doesn't he get more credit for being a good teammate? I just don't understand why Spencer Rattler doesn't get more credit for that. He hasn't been a distraction. He hasn't been a prima donna. He hasn't, you know, wanted all the attention on him. None of that has happened, but it just kind of gets swept under the rug. It's like when you're supposed to do what you do, when things go according to plan or according to how people think they should happen, it's you take it for granted. And then when it doesn't, and there's a riff, there's a scene, that's when everybody wants to pay attention and give their opinion and eat, uh criticism and blame. And instead of, like, why don't we take that same energy and apply it to heaping praise and, and giving recognition and giving credit it's due? I think that's just how, how human beings are wired. But, you know, I think a guy like Spencer Rattler, he definitely deserves a lot of credit for, for the role he's taken on and the, and the way he came into South Carolina. And it was just a seamless transition. So, but anyways, I will say it's good to hear the good news about Spencer Rattler that he's flourishing in camp. I mean, you obviously want to hear that, you, you, you know, not that you would hear negative news, but, uh, you know, certainly you want to hear that he's doing well. And, uh, you know, again, it'll be up to Dowell Loggins. It'll be up to Dowell Loggins to um, – Yeah, it'll be up to Dowell Loggins to, to get it out. So I'm just looking at uh, – they're showing Louie Louie. The Louie Louis guy on uh on Twitter. Love that. Showing him love. How about Cliff Kingsbury heading over to Southern Cal? I guess Thailand wasn't all that fun. Being on permanent vacation. No, I'm I'm not surprised at all, man. I mean, he's a football guy. He loves football. He loves coaching football. And that that doesn't stop. Doesn't matter how much money you have and where you can go and where you can travel. The man loves coaching football. He's a football guy, right? So I'm not surprised at all at it, and, uh, yeah, I think that's a great hire, man. Southern Cal is going to be really good. You know, you'll, you'll wonder how, how Marshawn Lloyd's going to flourish with them, how he's going to do with them. I mean, who really cares, I guess. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, let's see. It's now May. Brendan says, Caleb Williams is everything I was told that Rattler was. Was he a distraction? Was he a bad teammate last year? I don't really remember, Brendan, to be honest. I'm not even asking – I don't really recall. I know he did the thing with his fingernails, but I don't think that was really him being a bad team. I know he's a great quarterback. Uh, I know he's a great quarterback. And I think now we see that uh, Spencer Rattler getting benched for Caleb Williams. It wasn't the worst thing in the world because Caleb Williams is arguably the best quarterback in college football. So, you know, I mean, it's, if there's anybody that was going to dethrone him and thank goodness it happened for us, because, you know, I don't know that uh, he's a Gamecock. If that doesn't happen. I don't know if he's a Gamecock, that doesn't happen, but uh yeah, Kayla Williams is a pretty pretty solid player. Spring games, guys, get going actually on Thursday for this weekend. The Florida Gators will take the field with their spring game on Thursday and then Saturday. I mean, it's, it's there's I think there's, they said there's 27 programs that have their spring game on Saturday. I think there's 27 programs that have their spring game. So a lot of football taking place this weekend, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to try to catch as many of the spring games as I can. Of course, baseball will also play that day at three o'clock baseball will play that day at three o'clock. So looking forward to checking them out huge series this weekend against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Of course, you got tonight, Matthew Becker on the mound and um, you know, I, take care of your business. I mean, that's it. You've already played this team once in Greenville and you, and you wipe the field with them. And again, that doesn't mean you're going to do that tonight, but uh, you had no problem with them. <clears throat> you had no problem with them. That first go around, right. That was at floor field. I remember that because I was actually in Orlando when that was taking place. But uh On your home field, 7 o'clock, first pitch. I don't think the Gamecocks, I've locked in my prediction, 12-1 to is what I've got the Yardcocks doing tonight. I I don't think it'll be much of an issue. I don't think it'll be much of a problem. I think South Carolina will take care of their business, Um, and I don't think there'll be a whole lot of dramatics to it, if you will. So, Travi, I see you. What's up, man? Lynn Turner, appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate y'all. Again, thank y'all for being flexible with your time. I know this is a lot different Then our normal noon to two, bumping this thing up two hours, really bumping it up four hours somewhat. But uh, anyways, appreciate y'all being flexible. We are here, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Absolutely love it, man. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the high today is like 75. Tomorrow we got 78 going to the golf tournament. Really, really excited and looking forward to it. I know that Shane Beamer actually played in the Pro-Am yesterday. Uh, There's a Pro-Am tomorrow as well, but I think there was one yesterday. Maybe it was like a local Pro-Am, but I know that Patrick DeMarco was out there I think Wesley Bryan was out there, uh, and Shane Beamer was out there yesterday. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff. The Gamecocks are all out and about, of course, and uh, probably going to run into a few Gamecocks. I would not be surprised at all if we ran into a few Gamecocks tomorrow. So, uh, out of the golf course. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. My guy GA says, I'll be honest, I missed the message about TDC moving and completely missed it yesterday totally fine i i could have probably put a message out there you know what's funny guys and this actually is not funny at all but uh it's not funny at all i was supposed to go on radio yesterday with mark ryan and i just totally blanked i i totally blanked and uh, forgot and that is my bad and so i want to say my apologies to to mark ryan and i've already talked to mark and it's all good no biggie i don't think but um uh, yeah, I just completely blanked on radio. So I was in the car just driving and I got, you know, we got, we got to Hilton head and I was on the beach and I looked at my phone at like seven and he had texted me at like four forty, Hey, we're trying to call you. And I just, I don't know what happened. I think my phone was dead or something like that. So, you know, I, 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 I will say this, I've got a bad and Braddock. It's so funny. You, you comment this cause I was about to speak on it. He says hardest working man in the biz, putting it in during vacation. That's what I'm talking about. I was gonna say, Braddock. I've got a bad habit about that. Even when I go on vacay, I'll quote unquote punch the clock, if you will, and do the show. And it's like I I just have such trouble just completely detaching and taking away and and, and getting away, if you will, because I love doing it. We're able to so conveniently just rock the show, and it's uh, you know, it's 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 so doable, if you will. But I feel like sometimes when I do that, you know what I mean? I'm not 110% locked in and, uh, something like missing radio can happen. So, you know, my apologies, I do apologize again for that to Mark Ryan. We're all good though, but, uh, no, I, I love it, man. I I love getting out of the studio and having a remote location like this. Like I love, I love it. I feel like switching up the vibe is a beautiful thing. I actually brought cigars as well. I don't know that we'll smoke a cigar on this show though, because I was just, I don't know, 1030 in the morning, um, in the morning, it just feels a little early to light a stogie. But then again, it's never never a wrong time to light a cigar, if you will. Um, Never a wrong time, so we'll see. Uh, we got a question here. I know we're all looking forward to the next season, but I have a question about the 2023-2024 between Tanner Bailey and Luke Doty. Who do you think wins the job when Rattler leaves? And whoever does not win the job, do you think will hit the transfer portal? My friend, you're forgetting about Lenora Sellers as well. I think you're forgetting about Lenora Sellers, right? That's who I think most people. And I guess is it, it is a, is it a syndrome of the 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 new shiny toy, like the latest guy to come in is is the he's the savior, he's everything, if you will. I think it's fascinating at the quarterback position, <clears throat> right? And we'll, we'll talk about this a lot more as we get into the preseason and we start doing our positioning in the preview series and we talk quarterbacks. Because this year is obviously all about Spencer Rattler. And I'm not going to fall into the trap that I fell into last year when I said, you know, Spencer Rattler is going to ball out and and Tanner Bailey is going to play and Braden Davis is going to play. They'll play against Charlotte. They'll play against SC State. They'll play against Vanderbilt. They'll play against this team and that team. And those guys never saw the field, right? Obviously, we didn't expect the offensive struggles that we saw against you know, Charlotte and SC state for the majority of that game. But I'd be surprised. Like if you saw the Norris sellers hit the field this year, uh, I'd, I'd even be surprised. Honestly, guys, I think Luke Doty right now is QB two, So I think Tanner Bailey, Braden Davis, I'd be really surprised if at any point you saw those guys at the field, but it's fascinating because you'd love to get those guys some reps. You'd love to get those guys some experience because next year, next year, you are going to have a quarterback battle. Now that's all about winning this year. So you think about that next year, but I'm sure that's something that Shane Beamer and even Dowell Loggins have in the back of their mind that you're going to have a battle at that position next year. Is it going to be Tanner Bailey? Is it going to be Braden Davis? Is it going to be Lenora Sellers? Is it going to be a Dante Reno who will come into the freshman? And which of those guys, if they don't win the job, what's the quarterback room going to look like this time next year? And of course, entering the 2024 season. So I just wonder how much do you see those other guys, if at all, because, you know, I love seeing Luke Doty take the field. Love Luke Doty, but is he the quarterback of the future for you? You know, is he still in this battle next year? I mean, maybe so, but you're going to have a chalk a, a full quarterback room of great, talented players, and I just wonder how they manage that, how they handle that, right? Because that'll be probably the number, the number one question going into the 2024 season, is who is that man under center? So, how do you handle the quarterback position? Going to be really interesting. Um, of course, that's going to be you know that's we're already literally talking about next season. This would come in next season, but it is a great question. It is a great question. It's something I think when coaches when they think about roster management and uh, you know taking care of their roster, if you will, I mean, you have to think about that. You, you just you just have to, especially in this day and age. Of transfer portal. And, and I don't even blame the guy that, you know, whoever it is, somebody, I think after spring, you're going to see at minimum one guy transfer out. I, I just do. I, I don't, I, I just, I could be wrong, but I highly doubt Brett, all of Braden Davis, Tanner Bailey, and Colton Gothier all want to just sit the bench and have no shot to play. You know what I mean? Like, I highly doubt it. Like, I think one of them's probably gone. I think one of them's probably gone. So <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Ethan, Chris, good morning. Do you think Kingston's job is now safe, even if we happen to have a bad postseason? Now that's that's an interesting question, Ethan. That's an interesting question because we sit now what twenty eight and four, something like that. Is it twenty eight and four? I mean, let's say we win forty five games, great season. We win forty five games. Let's say we're a top eight national seed. Hoover's whatever. I don't think Kingston will be judged on Hoover. Ray Tanner was never judged on Hoover. Let's say you win 45 games and you're a top eight national seed. Let's say you win damn near 50, right? You're a top eight national seed, nonetheless. I mean, if you lose out in the regionals, I just feel like you're so judged off postseason success at South Carolina. Regular season success is great. I will say this. I do feel like that although I said super regionals are bust in the preseason, I think if you're like a top eight national seed, I just don't think there's any way. I don't think there's any way. Because it's going to be really tough if you were to cut ties. I mean, what you'll be saying to people is that getting a top eight national seed doesn't matter. If you're not winning in the postseason, getting to supers and getting to Omaha, you have, you, know, you, you have no staying power here. And I just don't know that you can operate that way. I don't know if you can. I'm not telling you what you should or should not do. I'm telling you what they will probably be thinking. So, I mean, it's a tough thing, too, because you, you feel like a guy should be rewarded for leading the game Gamecocks, the type of regular season that he's led them to, and what Monty Lee's done as well. And obviously they found something working together and doing what they've done at this point. So it'll be fascinating. I mean, I, I think you have a team to get to the Super Regionals. That is the good news. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Awesome. Robbie Davis, the Hall of Famer. To accept,
2: press
1: one. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How's, how's it, how, how is it? Uh, Hilton? Yet? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I appreciate good you asking. You good? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. appreciate you asking. What's going on?
2: First things first. I don't know if you noticed this, but the phone number is wrong on
1: the on the computer screen, or whatever you're looking at. Oh, you are right. Wow. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Right? Am I? Am I like losing my brain here? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Okay. I saw it and I was like. Word, I'll let my guy know.
2: I saw it and I was like, Does did he? I was like, Did he change the phone number?
1: No, no, that's yep, that's a good, that's a good. I can't believe you're the only one that caught that.
2: Well, like you said, Gamecocks looking out for Gamecocks is a good thing. So I'm looking out for you, my friend. I'm looking out
1: for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. There we go. We're gonna get that fixed. No biggie. (laughs) I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I double checked my phone to be sure. I was like, "Wait a minute, something ain't right here."
1: <laughs> you got me, Robbie. Um, you got yeah.
2: me. <clears throat> but um, I think I think to to speak on what you were saying about you know the postseason in in college baseball, right? I think it's safe to say, even though it's been a minute, it's already been proven what what the expectations are for this baseball team. I could – I don't really – would I love to see us win in Hoover? Would I love to see us go to Hoover and win a conference title? Yes. Yeah. But this team has had better than just conference championship success in baseball. We have won back-to-back national titles, even though, yes, it was over a decade ago, but I don't feel it. I don't care. Okay, it's already been proven that going to Omaha is what is acceptable in in COLA.
1: Yeah, you're 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 judged. You're judged off of your postseason success. I mean, there's no question. I mean, and that's bro. I mean, that's that's here's the thing. That's uh, that's college baseball as a whole. I mean, if you're, if you're, it don't matter if you're winning 50 games a year every year. If you get into the regionals and get bounced, I mean, Florida's had some great seasons. I know our guy, Brennan M., he loves, he loves to give them help. Florida's had some great Mm -hmm. seasons, but they get to the regionals and get bounced by some random three seed or four seed. That's not a good season. It's just, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's sort of like college basketball to a degree where, I mean, you can – right. you know, if you're Duke, UNC, you're one of the blue bloods, I mean, you can have a – you know, you can be ranked number one all year, or top five, top ten, but if you lose in the first round of the tournament, did you have a good year? I just don't think you can say you no. did. Those those programs wouldn't say it. So, Carolina's the same way. Um, I mean, I think you have to have realistic right. expectations. But I've broken it down. Over the course of a decade, I think you should be making the postseason – Nine out of ten years, at minimum. I, I really believe there's no reason why Carolina shouldn't be in the postseason every single year. Um, I'm not saying you should be a top eight national. See, I'm not even saying you should be a host, but you ought to be in the postseason every year. So that's first. I think making I think making six super regionals every decade, six out of ten, I think that's fair. I think making mm-hmm. it to Omaha three, two to three times, Every decade, and then I think if you can obviously if you can win one national championship, or I mean obviously you want to win as many as you can, but it uh, yeah. it's tough. I mean it's it, you know it, it's tough to say if you don't win a national title while you're here, it's it's you know you're gone. But I mean right. I, I think what I just laid out is fair. I, I really do. I think that's fair. I think if you're I think if you're you're making the regionals every year in a decade, going to the supers five to six times is extremely fair, extremely fair. Um, and yeah. there's some that maybe would disagree, For sure. but they don't know Carolina baseball and they don't understand the tradition and the history and, and the expectation. They just don't understand it. I mean, I, I've gotten in some riffs with, and, with uh, the D one baseball guys yeah. about this, that, I, that they, they, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if South Carolina fans did something to them or what have you, but they've, they've many times gone out of their way to kind of hint at that they they, they act as if Gamecock fans are too demanding and the expectations are too high and, and we're, we're spoiled and entitled. And I, I just, I couldn't disagree more. I, I just I, I don't. You know what I, I say to that?
2: They're jealous because they're they the teams that they, that they are fans of probably don't even have a national title in baseball, so they're jealous. So people that are jealous of you, Chris, will say they hate you just out of spite.
1: That's a fact, my guy. Okay. That's a and fact. And to those
2: people, you are. Excuse my French, but y'all are dumbasses. Okay, people that act like that are a bunch of dumbasses. Okay, you're upset all because of, of of other another person having success, but you're so pissed off at yourself that you're like, okay, I'm mad, so I'm gonna make sure that this person's mad, even though they're having a great, fantastic. Time, right? That is wrong on so many levels. Right. If I find out someone that I'm friends with is having a crummy day, I'm gonna do my dog on this to make sure they have a better rest of their day. Okay. Even if I'm having a crummy day, I want them to have a I want them to have a great day. I don't care. And it's just it's stupid. Uh people are are just sometimes people are just stupid and I and also okay I'm switching I'm switching here okay so like I always say bear with me here I think I don't It's obviously we know who our starting quarterback is this year right for 2023 our starting QB is Mm this around right as far as next year goes we have no we have no clue who the starting qb is going to be not a clue but i'm going to do what i have done ever since beamer got here i'm going to tr- i'm going to trust beamer and he's going to make the best decision to help this football team get to where he wants us to get and he wants to and, and he wants to prove that we can win some championships in columbia So, as far as next year goes, I'm just going to sit back and relax and let Shane Beamer cook, okay?
1: Just let him cook, my guy. Let him cook.
2: Give him the chef's hat. Give him the menu and say, here, whip up something, and just let him go at it. And I definitely think our baseball team is going to win tonight for sure. I got us winning 12 to two. Okay. I love think, it. I think our bats are too, too strong right now. Right. And <laughs> we're going to, our pitching staff's going to, of course, do what they always do and they're going to show up and shove and take care of it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be a bit of a ho-hum ball game, but it's a, uh... you know i'll say this after uh you know we ought to be refreshed too after the weekend off practically so you know it'd be a great opportunity our guys to get back out there just you know keep the keep the keep it rolling keep your confidence going and 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 uh, kind of beat up on somebody if you will but you know upstate did beat clint sucks earlier in the year so you never know baseball is a crazy game they could come out and play their best game so approaching it with the right attitude that's the biggest thing but i think we will and uh, just prepare yourself to have a great weekend in in Nashville, man. It'll be a huge series against uh, Vanderbilt Commodores. So,
2: and it's, and like and 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 also it's going to be a good one because Vanderbilt's ranked fourth in the country. Okay.
1: Yeah. They, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, Mandy. Mandy. No, they're really good. <clears throat> they're ranked four. They are really, really good. So, um, even though our guy Brendan so it, said gonna Brendan be says they're six
2: versus number four. Yeah. Uh, be a good one.
1: Our guy Brendan M says they're frauds. I disagree. Uh, I understand their schedule who they play but they've beaten everybody so <clears throat> i mean i think you got to give some credit got to give some credit to what uh, what vandy has done at this point they they've they've earned they've earned it so absolutely
2: they have absolutely earned it and uh, and if you ask me okay i don't know what their record is if you go a stretch of the season, like the first part of the season, undefeated for a little bit, that's impressive. I don't care who you're playing against. If you wind up winning your first, say just for just for lack of a better number, say you start off the season like 15 or 16 and 0, right? Right. You have any idea how hard that is? I mean, obviously, you know how hard that
1: is. I mean, you play baseball for crying Yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. It's
2: hard to go – it's hard to win your first 16 to 17 games. And I think there was one year, I think it was 2012, we won – South Carolina, we won our first, like – and it still shocks me to this day. I think we won, like, our first, like, 22 or 21 games or something like that. And there was times I thought – how in the heck are we still undefeated with the teams that we, with the teams that we played that particular year? I was like, how are we still undefeated? Right. So we just got to just take it one game at a time. And I know that sounds cliche, but I don't really care. But then, you know, take one game at a time and just take care of business and walk and hopefully walk out of Nashville this weekend, either with a, two wins in the series or a sweep. A sweep would be great. But I'll take whatever I can get.
1: Indeed, Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you calling in. Always a pleasure. Great to chat with you from the beach, my man. Feels good to be here. Wish you were here also. I'm jealous of you, bro. How are you making me want to go to the beach, man? I want to I mean, to damn, the you live close enough to it. You you live right there. <laughs> get uh, get Mary and R to take you.
2: Oh yeah. I I I'm pretty sure at some point before the summer is up, I will be at the beach. That I can guarantee you. But uh safe tr- safe be safe and I'll see you on Thursday.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to Thursday. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Of
2: course, oh, absolutely. It's always a blast when you go to Carolina Hopp. Huh? Right? Carolina House is fun, man. It is. Seeing you is fun. Good people and good food. Yeah. Good people and good food. That's a I'm going to try the ribs because apparently David Derrick told me the ribs were good. I'm going to get – I already know what I'm going to get when I go there Thursday. I'm going to get the ribs. I love that.
1: I love that. Well, All Robbie. Right, yeah, man. I'm going to go ahead and get over here. Hey, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you calling in. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. You're welcome. Alright buddy. Yeah man, we'll talk soon. Have a great day. Appreciate you, Robbie. Mhm. Later. Good stuff with Robbie Davis as always. Uh, <laughs> this Twitch username. Yes, I see Twitch chat. We've got a user by the name of Spanky Butt that is commenting. So, I appreciate you Spanky Butt for commenting. Really good stuff. Um, Will Corb says he's most excited to see Lenoris Sellers in action at the spring game. I think that's a really good one, Will. Let's jump into a break and we'll talk about that on this side. I definitely want to dive into some more Lenoris Sellers talk. And I wish our guy, Bruin Nation, was here because he is a huge fan of Lenoris Sellers. Guys, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking the questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I want to get back to something that Will said. Will Core appreciates tuning in, my man, talking about Lenoris Sellers. And I think that's also a big storyline, one that I really hadn't touched on, hadn't mentioned, is uh, getting our first look at Lenoris Sellers. There's been a lot of hype coming around him out of, uh, out of spring ball, just – arm strength and speed and size. And, of course, J.C. Sherbert has spoken on that. Um, Could he be the quarterback of the future? Again, getting that first look. I mean, there's – you know, there was hype around Tanner Bailey. There was hype around Braden Davis. But um, I think there's an extra amount of hype around Lenora Sellers. What he did in the state of South Carolina in high school football. And, again, you get that combination of size, of speed, of the arm strength we just talked about. Really, really pumped to see – uh, you know, get a bit of a glimpse of what he can do, if you will. Will we see him on the field this fall? Probably not. Again, this is Spencer Rattler's team, and I just don't think Lenora Sellers, I think ideally you redshirt him, and he's not forced into action, obviously. But uh, the QB2 battle will be interesting. It, it will. It will. Because <clears throat> I'll tell you guys, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, probably over a month ago, that Luke Doty and DeKeyron Joiner. I mean, they're practically the same person at this point, you know, because – Neither are going to be your, your every down starting quarterback. I, I don't know that Luke Doty will be, you just, I, I'll just say this. It just, it's a shame we've gotten through this far or to this point in Luke Doty's career. And he hasn't made more of an impact. You know, a guy who's a great athlete, uh, the Myrtle beach high school product, you know, obviously got the starting job in 2021, got hurt, uh, never really regained form to regain it back. And Zeb Nolan takes over, but Jason Brown takes over. We all know the drill, but, um, you know, I, I just wonder, well, Luke Doty, what type of impact will he make? Because Spencer Rattler's your guy this year. And realistically, is Luke Doty going to be the guy next year? Is he, is he going to do enough to be the guy next year? I, and I don't know that fans really want him to be the guy, uh, unfortunately, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, also, the guy's the question I had about the quarterback position. I've talked about this before. With the transfer portal, would you rather build your team around a transfer portal quarterback or a guy you've recruited and a guy that maybe has no college experience, but you recruited him for the high school ranks. He chose your school because I think it's fascinating, the quarterback recruiting and the way we view the quarterback position, because like, you look at next year, right? You want to talk way too far ahead. You know, you'll have Bailey, you'll have Davis, you'll have Sellers, you'll have Reno. But if there's a guy like a Devin Leary, like Kentucky picked up. If there's a guy like a Spencer Rattler, like the Gamecocks picked up last year, are you going to tell them no? And they're expressing interest in your school. Are you going to tell them no? Like, would you rather hand the keys to an inexperienced guy, a true freshman, somebody who's never taken a collegiate snap, or a proven power five option? I I think there's pros and cons to both, right? Because the proven power five guy, I mean, again, goes without saying, he has that proven experience. He's got experience at this level, it's not nearly as much a risk in regards to, well, how's he going to react when he gets in the line of fire? But also, if you keep doing that, if you keep doing that, you keep taking transfers, you're going to kill recruiting at the quarterback position. I mean, what high school kids, what high school quarterbacks are going to want to come to your school if they just feel like I'm going to go there and a transfer is going to come in and I'm going to have no shot to play? Like, why would they come to your school? So I think it's a balancing act. I, I would be really surprised. If you saw the Gamecocks take another quarterback out of the transfer portal with what they have coming next year, I think Shane Beamer and company are showing it's it's almost like a major league baseball team and like their farm system, right? You, you want to build from within. You want to build with your guys. You want to build from your farm system. I feel like the Gamecocks, the quarterback position are sort of similar in that way. With the way they've recruited. Now, I could be totally wrong. They could come pull a guy, and I think a lot of it has to do with who's available because it's such a win-now game. You have to win now. You have to take the best available. You don't really have a choice. Um, You're not going to make it very far if you're not taking the best available players. But it is certainly a balancing act when it comes to that position and really every position on your roster because guys on your own team can up and leave and hit the portal. Um, Let's see. Mike Morgan says, "I want to build around whichever quarterback's the better player and gives us the best chance of winning." Well, that's the easy answer, Mike. That's the easy answer for sure. But again, it's like I just mentioned. I think it's a balancing act because if you keep going to the portal, going to the portal, going to the portal, you're going to kill recruiting at, at the quarterback position, and you certainly don't want to do that because there is going to come around a guy, whether he's a five star, he's like a guy like Lawrence Sellers that you want to land. Um, you know, there's going to, going to there's going to come a time where you want to be able to go out, recruit, and bring that guy in and give him an opportunity. Uh, Brian Dean, I'd love to give Lenora Sellers the keys of the kingdom. He looks to be like the complete quarterback, throwing and running. He's a big kid. Yeah, getting excited to see him in the spring game. I I think that's a a great storyline that Will Corb brings up that we're not giving a whole lot of attention because the quarterback position is Spencer Rattler. But Lenora Sellers, I mean, that dude has gotten a ton – of hype this spring. You know, J.C. Sherbert has ranted and raved about him. Uh, everybody that's watched the kid in high school talks about how great he is. The combination, again, of size, speed, the arm strength, and this is as a true freshman. So, could be the quarterback of the future. I'm really excited to get our first glimpse of him in the spring game. I think he could be the guy. You know, there's always that one guy that everybody talks about after the spring game is over. There's always that one guy that everybody looks at and you know, uh, hikes up and builds up. Maybe Sellers is that dude. Maybe Sellers is that dude. No doubt. Maybe Sellers is that dude. Look at this guy right here. Just look at this. Hey, bud. Again, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Again, appreciate you all being flexible. Obviously, we are not in the studio. We are out of town. Beautiful Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Really, really good stuff. And again, appreciate you all being flexible with your time. And this is a different, uh, different time slot for us. Different time slot for us. But really enjoying it. It's always fun to. It's always fun to get out of the studio and just change up the vibe a little bit. Change up the vibe a little bit. So let's see. Let's look at the SEC baseball schedule. Let's see who plays tonight. What we got. Here, we'll go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Will, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic, man. What's going
3: on? Just uh, calling to elaborate on the Lenore Sellers thing, man. I think that kid could really – I think – I mean, it's, it's hard to say at this point, but he, he just seems like he could be the guy after Spencer Lee's just – from everything that I've seen, from people that I've talked to, um, I'm from around that area, and everybody's just really, really high on that guy with his ability to do stuff, like everything as far as mm-hmm. running past. And he is a big kid, mm-hmm. strong arm, uh, seems to have his head on his shoulders, right? And everything you hear coming out of Gamecock land in the spring has been really positive. I mean, you really heard more about that guy then you have anybody else other than Spencer as far as the quarterback run goes. So it seems like he's taking strides to maybe get, you know, even as far as maybe second string by the by the beginning of the year. Probably not just because of the system so well and everything. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just really excited to see what he, he does because I'm imagining he's probably going to play a lot that second half of the spring game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, hope so. he, I, he
1: I would expect Spencer Rattler to have – three to four series tops, maybe two to three. I mean, what does what does Spencer Rattler need to prove in the spring game? You know what right. I mean? Like, like what, what does Juice Wells need to prove in the spring game? I mean, it, there's just not a whole lot. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of those other guys. I, I think Sellers certainly will play a lot. Um, I think a, a lot of young players will probably hit the field because they want to get them – you know, this will be their first time ever playing in, like, any sort of game outside of a scrimmage in Williams-Brice Stadium, so getting them that experience. But, uh, you know, I'll say this about Lenora Sellers, and and maybe this is an unfair attitude to have, so forgive me. But, uh, you know, I'm just – you know, Spencer Rattler we hyped up and got excited about because of what he did at Oklahoma, like he had done at the college level. But doesn't it feel like as Gamecock fans, and this is the Gamecocks, we've had a run of – hyping up quarterback prospects, and it just feels like none of them turn out the way we think they're going to. I mean, really, truly, like, I don't remember the last time. I think maybe Steven Garcia was literally the last one where – I mean, Bentley
3: Bentley kind of panned out. Like, give him his flowers a little bit. Like, Bentley was was pretty good, bro. Like, you know, for the time. I mean, he he had some good years. I mean, he was a four-star guy. He lived up somewhat. And game cognition, I mean, that's living up to because I mean, what is he like third on most of the list? Yeah, yeah. As far as, like, he would have
1: have, he would have been number one in most categories had he right. played that last year. Yeah. He would have been number one in most yeah, categories. Yeah. I, I mean yeah. to your point, okay, if you want to say Jake Bentley, I think that's a fun debate to have. Um, but I just think of the list, I I mean, listen, I wasn't a Jake Bentley guy. I, I, you know, I, and, but I, I can say, you know, I I will say to be fair, I think we are as hard on Jake Bentley as South Carolina has ever been on any player to ever play any position damn near. And I I think Jake Bentley, I think Jake Bentley, because of the timing, you know, will Muschamp taking over and we're fresh off the Spurrier era. And, you know, Bentley was sort of that first quarterback and, we wanted so badly to get back that that I, I think his his failures were magnified. Now, I will not sit here and you know, I, I'll give Jake Bentley that I will not sit here and be a Jake Bentley defender, if you will, because Jake Bentley had a knack <laughs> for throwing interceptions at the worst times. Oh, he I let agree. his he let his I emotions, agree. he let his emotions get the best of him damn near every game. He had his moments of brilliance. Don't get me wrong. But his moments of brilliance were also marred by moments of befuddlement, just, just pure things that would make you rip your hair out. I mean, that, that, that was the Jake Bentley I, era. Inconsistency yeah. defined Jake Bentley's tenure at South Carolina. And it's unfortunate, right, because I've talked about this, and we're going down a rabbit hole, but it's unfortunate because yeah. Jake Bentley is clumped in and, and associated with Will Muschamp. And most Gamecock fans want to forget the Will Muschamp era ever even happened. I mean, again, there's a couple of Gamecocks, guys like Debo Samuel, Hayden Hurst. You know, I think J.C. Horn and McQuamu kind of get the love, too. But there's a lot of guys that I think in any other era would have been would have been celebrated more, and they're forgotten because people just want to forget that era. Brian Edwards is too. Give him his credit, Brian Edwards. But there's a lot of guys that I think are just – fans would just rather forget the must-champ era even took place. And it's unfortunate, but it's just the reality.
3: And this is a debate that you could take for a whole show. But uh, real quickly on that, it's just just crazy to me when you think about it, though. Carolina not a very rich history of Mm -hmm. winning or having a good quarterback. And a guy that, you know, took you to three straight bowl games, and outback bowl win, you know, compared to most of the other quarterbacks other than Connor Shaw and maybe Steven Garcia, he fares really well, right? But for some mm-hmm. reason, we just hated him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what I mean? A, I just remember all the hate online, and that's that's for another day. But um, yeah. on another note, on another quick note, uh, I commented, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, on one of your posts about uh, LSU, uh, you know, Gamecocks, and us not moving up, and it got a lot of a lot of uh, likes or, or whatever, uh, mm. and there was a guy or somebody talking to me about how, you know, because I basically said, listen, we played two games. We were the better team for 16 innings of that. I I mean, I really feel like, you know, we went head-to-head and we more than held our own. So anybody that thinks that, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day that much, but we should have moved up a little bit, I Mm. feel like, in the polls considering our overall record. And I think that's a sham. You know, that we didn't at all is all I'm saying on that. Note. Well, my and, uh, friend, hang up yeah,
1: yeah. hey, I appreciate you, Will. Thank you so much for the call, and I think yeah, you make thank you. a great point. And uh, to, yeah. echo, to echo Will's point, I will say this. Again, a great, great, great point he makes. Listen, I- I'm just going to say this. If you don't think there's some bias in the D1 baseball top 25, I mean, you're crazy, right? I mean, I could say there's bias in every top 25, but especially baseball. Especially baseball, where, you know, you, you don't radically move teams up and down based off one series or one game because there's so many games, right? It'd be silly if every time somebody lost, they're going, you know, up or every time somebody won or lost, they're going up and down the rankings because you'd just constantly be shuffling people. So for example, why is LSU still number one? Well, it's because they were the preseason number one and they've been number one all year. And so even if LSU, even if Carolina would have taken two of three from LSU. And let's say, like, it was a close game in the third game. There's a chance, guys, LSU wouldn't have moved. Because guess what? They would have felt like we still feel like LSU is the number one team in the country. They're the best team in the country. They just didn't win two of three this past weekend. I'm not telling you that's right. I'm not saying that's right. But there's a lot of bias in the top 25. There just is. I didn't. It didn't bother me. It didn't keep me up at night. The Gamecocks didn't move from six to inside the top five because hey, Vandy won, Florida won, other teams in the top five won. Um, but you know, the Gamecocks starting out what twenty third this season does that have some effect on how high they're getting or or I, I don't think there's a a cap on how high they can get. Just keep winning. Hey, guess what? If you sweep Vandy or take two of three, you're going to move up. Gamecocks will be in the top five and Vandy will be bumped out. I promise you. They'll be in the top five. So, you know, I I think South Carolina, as long as you're staying in that top eight national seed range, I I don't have much of an issue with anything. It doesn't really bother me. But uh, there's certainly bias in the top 25. I mean, don't don't get it twisted. There's bias in the top 25, no doubt. Guys, a packed slate of midweek games this week. Just going down the list real quick. Florida, Florida State at six. Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky at 630. Georgia, sucks in Athens. At 7. That'll be a good one. Georgia Tech, Auburn at 7 o'clock also. Uh, Bama, Southern Miss at 7. Sneaky good game. Vandy, North Alabama at 7. UAB, Mississippi State. Mississippi State going to UAB, 7 o'clock. LSU, Lane, 7. A&M, UTSA, 7. Of course, the Gamecocks and Upstate at 7. Uh, <clears throat> Missouri State and Mizzou. Mizzou travels to Missouri State, 7.30. Ole Miss, Memphis. That's a good game at 7.30. And then Arkansas and Little Rock at 7.30. So, again, a packed slate of midweek games. Really good midweek games. <clears throat> Mid, Really good midweek games. Madison says, to add to that, the baseball rankings, I'm asking the strength of schedule play and how teams move up and down the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I think, Madison, who you play definitely matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's who you're beating matters. Yes. Colvin Hall says, baseball rankings seem biased to keep the top teams at the top unless a massive sweep happens. Like, unless you get... Swept, run rule every game. You're probably not going to drop, but really, none of it matters because the postseason is a bit of a crapshoot, anyways. Yeah, Coleman. To your point, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's 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 fun to talk about. You know, it gives me, it gives us content, it gives us graphics that throughout there with the ranking on it. But I mean, you know, being a top eight national seed is a big deal, <clears throat> no doubt. Being a top eight national seed because you want home field advantage throughout. You want to be hosting a regional. You definitely. Definitely want to be hosting a super that is a really big deal. But I mean, as last year showed us, right? As last year in Coleman, you're obviously an old miss guy. Just get in. Just get in. And once you get in, your season, <clears throat> your season starts over. I mean, that's it, right? Your season starts over. So I mean that, that that's sort of the tricky thing in baseball. And you want to have a great regular season. You do. But like look at the 2000 game who we Went 50 and six. Went 50 and 6. Lost in the supers two of three to Louisiana Lafayette. Was that a great season? Did it matter? Did it matter that you won fifty games? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And then you look at Ole Miss last year. I mean, there, there's no perfect formula. You don't say, "Well, let's kind of let's let's not put the gas, you know, put the put the foot fully on the pedal," because we want to save our best bullets for the for the postseason. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. You you you've really just got to hope that you're going to be playing your best baseball when it matters most. It's like I said last year about Tennessee. It's it's They were the best team in college baseball. I mean, they, they were. You can hate me for it, whatever. They were the best team in college baseball. They didn't play their best when it mattered most, bottom line. I mean, Coleman, to your point, he says, do we really think Ole Miss was the best team in baseball last year? I will say this, Coleman. Ole Miss was a good baseball team. They struggled for whatever reason. But, I mean, they were like preseason ranked top ten. Like, they had talent. It just didn't click for them. Now, were they the best team? I don't think you'd argue that they were the best, but they definitely had talent. They definitely had the tools. And for whatever reason, Coleman, they just limped through the regular season. And, and my goodness, did they ever turn it on when uh, when the postseason got there? He says the regular season's almost meaningless unless it actually prevents you from being in the postseason. And, again, I will say to your point, Coleman, um, it's sort of like college basketball, right, where it's just about just just get in the postseason. What you do in the regular season is nice and all, but just get in the postseason. As long as you get in the postseason, a new season begins at that point. A new season begins because everybody's got a shot. 64 teams have a chance, right? 64 teams have a chance to win it all. Once that postseason starts, man, it's a brand-new season. Uh, guys, we're going to jump into a break real quick. On this side, I want to continue to hear from you more your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking the questions, comments, calls. eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. if you're wondering if I wore this tank top on purpose, yes. The answer is yes. Who remembers the days where I was called the tank top crusader? And you – you know, you find out when you put yourself out there on the internet, you really find out how miserable people are and the, th- <laughs> and the things that people will come at you for, for basically no reason at all. Basically no reason at all. Wearing a tank top was one of those things for me because co- of course the Firewall must chant video, I'm rocking a tank, had the bandana on. And, uh, man, folks, we're not a fan of it. Let's see. Question here. What are your thoughts on Joshua Simon, our new tight end from Western Kentucky? I've heard he's the favorite to win the job, and Trey Knox is getting reps at wide receiver. My question is with Harbor coming in, he has stated he wants to play offense, and he would be in that tight end role. Who do you think wins the job? What can that tight end position look like next year without Bell, who is used as kind of an H-back, not a traditional tight end? Love the show. Keep the good work. Spurs up. Yes, yeah, so Joshua Simon. Has definitely gotten a lot of love during the spring. Um, first, though, to Nicholas Harper, he's going to be a wide receiver. Um, Shane Beamer's already said that he's going to be a wide receiver. He's not going to be a hand the dirt guy like he, you know. Shane Beamer said he is a guy that needs to be out there making plays. Right? He's a guy that needs to be making plays. That needs to be a you know explosive on the outside, explosive, uh, you know, pass catcher, if you will. I think Trey Knox is, I mean, you you can play two tight ends, right? So I don't think you got to just pick one. I think it'll be Trey Knox, and it sounds like Simon's going to get an opportunity. Uh, I I will say this, though, my friend. No matter who plays, and that'll be fun to see Trey Knox in the spring game, by the way. Just what he looks like as a big-body target out there. But um, South Carolina is loaded at the tight end position. It's crazy to go from where we had no tight ends, were depleted, Nate Atkins leaves, what have you to the tight end room we have now, which is just absolutely loaded, right? So um, I think the tight end, I think Gamecock fans, you'll get your wish. We're going to throw it to the tight end more. But Nicholas Harbour is going to be a receiver. Absolutely, he's going to be a receiver. Brian Dean says, I wrote in the 2023 Gamecocks football team. Rattler will be great in year two. The wide receiver room is deep. The tight end room is deep. Running back room is unknown, but it has potential. The offensive line is one of our strengths. The kicking game is strong. The defensive line is stout. The secondary is talented, but green. With all that and our schedule factored in, South Carolina will be nine and three. Our defensive line is stout. That's news to me, Brian Dean. And the offensive line is our strength. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, Brian Dean. <laughs> I didn't know that, my man. Coleman Hall says, none of that, I would love to run 13 personnel BS this year. Also, if we throw to the tight end, foreseeable no screen and swing BS. Yeah, I I just, you know, will we run some 13 personnel, Coleman? We might, but I don't think it will be such a huge part of our offense the way it was last year. So, yeah. But I think you've got a nice mix in that tight end room of guys with their hand in the dirt. You got some guys that uh, can go out and catch passes as well and can make plays on the field because, I mean, let's face it, man, you're, you're, I think you're going to be, again, a pass-heavy offense. I think you're going to have to spread it out and, and go down the field. And, I mean, potential is a scary word, Ryan Dean. Potential is a scary word because that's all it is at the moment is potential, right? That's all it is. Um, that's all it is. So you, you need some guys to step up and live up to some potential, live up to some hype and, and uh, make some plays for you. Travis's D-line hasn't been stout, in my opinion. Hopefully that changes. Yeah, I I, I would not label this D-line as stout. I mean, again, guys, I'm, I'm – you know, we're, we're sitting here in spring and, you know, potentially you could add that kid from, from Florida State. You could add, you know, other defensive line transfers or whatever. I think the defense takes a step back this year. I, I, I think the defense is bottom half of the league. I, I don't think the defense is a strength. I think you're – going to have to win games with offense and that's okay that's okay but I think that's how you're gonna have to win I I just do I think that's how you're gonna have to win and uh, you know it is what it is I could be wrong Um, you know you're inexperienced in the secondary linebacker still a question defensive front has not been very good and you lose Zach Pickens who was a big body in the middle so I you know I, I just I think you're going to have to win games with offense. I really do. Coleman Hall says so I don't give a hoot. Who, who we got, if we don't throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage 70% of the time, it'll be a lot like last year. Or if we do throw the ball behind a line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to go down the field more. I definitely say you want to go down the field more. Uh, got Shane Beamer, again, he's speaking to the media at 1227. We won't be live. We won't be live. But, uh, we won't be live. But, uh, He will speak. So 2024 wide receiver Natarion Nitro Tuggle has committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. 6'3", 190 wide receiver out of Indiana. Chose Florida – or, excuse me, Georgia over Auburn, Florida, and others. Um, Georgia with the number one ranked class in the 2024 class. So the SEC gets no easier, folks. It will never get any easier. I, I just I, – and I'll tell you guys this. I don't see Georgia falling off in football. I, I, I really don't. Like, I'm sure people said the same thing about Alabama. And, you know, could they slip back to a 10-win season? I, I mean, sure, that's possible. I think if you miss out – if you miss on the quarterback position, I mean, I think that's possible. But I don't know, man. It's, it's just – it's really – even Bama too, though. I mean, like, it's, it's hard to fathom a world – where, like, Georgia and Alabama aren't good in football. It is. It is. Because those fan bases care so much. Those fan bases care so freaking much. Like, it's almost like they'll never allow the product to not be good. You know what I mean? They'll never allow it. So, Madison says the Georgia game is a must win. Madison, I know you're just talking out the side of your neck now. I know you are, Madison, because there ain't no way you believe that. There ain't no way that you believe that that Georgia game's a must-win. There's no way. There's absolutely no way you believe that. There's no way you believe that. Georgia right now is a is a. – they're a 20-point favorite over the game, guys. 20-point favorite, Madison. You're going to tell me that's a must-win game? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. When I look at this schedule, wins, toss-ups, and losses, I'll put an L next to that Georgia game in heavy black ink. I know our friend Cody won't like that, but uh, I'll take Georgia. I'll take Georgia every day of the week, twice on Sunday right now, my man. Right now, in Athens, I mean, listen, I know they got a new quarterback. I get it, but Georgia's going to be elite again, man. So, again, guys, Gamecocks taking on USC Upstate tonight at Founders Park. Really exciting stuff as the Yardcocks return to action. Uh, Yeah, baseball's ranked number five in a poll. They're ranked third, I think, in the Baseball America poll. There's a bunch of different polls. So, there's a bunch of different polls. Brian Dean says we beat them at in Athens under moose dump. It can happen. I'll tell you this, Brian, on that note. That 2019 win over Georgia in Athens, that has to be the greatest upset in South Carolina football history. I, I, I'm willing, honestly, I like, some might call it recency bias. I think it is. Like, I, I don't think you look at, like, that was – the most inexplicable result of all time. Really, truly. And from the Georgia side, the most inexcusable loss maybe in the history of Georgia football. Like, when you think of how bad that Carolina team was, the fact they went into Athens and beat that Georgia team is just – it's almost hard to fathom. I'm not trying to take anything away, but I'm just calling it – just just keep it a buck. You know what I mean? Like – that twenty nine, that that is the most absurd result ever. That that four and eight Gamecock team beat that Georgia team. I mean, it's just crazy. And so you know that game, a noon game. You know, it's was that Jake Fromm, I think Jake Fromm throwing the three picks. I think Georgia slept Walt through that game. Slept Walt through that game, and we somehow got them. Georgia ain't sleepwalking through this game against the Gamecocks this year. I can assure you. And so that, you know, that that is a great point, too, that, uh, you know, our good friend Braden Gall brought up, is that how does South Carolina handle real expectations now? Because year one, I mean, every, nobody expected anything out of you. Last year, there were some expectations, but still a lot of skepticism. Now, at least internally, the, the expectations are through the roof. Ten games, SEC East, beat Georgia, right? And I think even now, nationally, there are some expectations of just like, okay, are you going to take the next step? You won eight last year. Now what? So I just wonder, how do the Gamecocks handle real expectations, right? And expectations are a beautiful thing. But it's different. I don't think – no longer you're the darling. No longer you're the Cinderella. No longer are you sneaking up on anybody. Like, everybody's going to be looking at South Carolina like, I think they're going to take the Cock seriously. So, I, I just – how does this team handle expectations, right? How do you handle real expectations for the first time in what I'd say is a long time? Eric Reese. What's up, my dude? Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, thank you for the overlay, my friend. It is fire. I think most people like it now that we especially have the phone number right. No, I'm just giving you hell, man. It looks awesome. Thank you, my dude. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really, really good stuff. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Great stuff here on this Tuesday. Cheers. Great stuff on this Tuesday. Madison says, I'll hold my bet. No points, just win or lose. I want to go to that game in Athens. JG says, can't lose to Georgia 40-7 to seven again. I don't care if we're on the road this year. No, JG, I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you. Um, I think great progress. See, here's the thing. Fans look at just the overall record. 8-4, and 7-5, and five, whatever. And I think a lot of people look at it and say, the only way we can progress, we can show progress in our program is if we win more games. And I just don't necessarily agree with that. Eight and four was great last year. I don't want to go eight and four Getting to your point, lose to Georgia 40 to seven. I I don't want to get embarrassed. Nobody does. If you could keep that a two score game, 14 point game, a single digit game, that's fantastic progress. If you can show you're closing that gap, eliminate some of the inconsistencies and some of the some of the befuddling losses that haunted you last year. Right, three or your four losses came to teams that went six and six a season ago. Maybe eliminate some of those, but it's just so tough, guys. Like the SEC, is so deep. Anybody can beat anybody. The SEC, is so deep. Will Hall, appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Nice view. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Coleman Hall, I don't mind losing, but I hate being hopeless. We had a lot of hopeless losses due to bad offense. Felt like we were in a bad dream, just getting beat up and couldn't punch back. Yeah, I mean, the Florida game was absurd. The the, the Florida game was so bad that, again, I was laughing. Like, by the second quarter, it was like a joke. It was like, this, this is crazy. And Brian Dean says, UNC game will go a long way in showing us what we have. Drake May will be a stern test. I mean, it's 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 crazy, guys. UNC still favored in that game by one and a half. Why do we think North Carolina is favored? Do people think UNC is just that good? Are there people doubting the Gamecocks' defense? Like, why? It's it's a really interesting thing. And the more I think about it, guys, the more I do believe, I think, that UNC game, it, and I'm not ready to lock it in, but it's probably the most important game of the season. I mean, really, truly, it probably is. It probably is. And you hate to put that much emphasis on one game, or excuse me, put that much emphasis on a game to start the season, right? You hate to do that, but. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that if you lose that gain in North Carolina, I think a lot of people will come back down to earth and say, okay, let's let's reset expectations. Right? Let me reset expectations. I think a lot of people will do that. I think a lot of people will do that. And I don't want that to happen, but, excuse me, I think that would be the result of it. I think it would absolutely be the result of it. JG Lashley, we're beating UNC, and I'm confident. Only losses, excuse me, only losses to Georgia and Tennessee. We're going ten and two. So you got a loss to Tennessee, okay? You got a loss to Tennessee, JG. I know our friends Brendan and Dalton won't like that. Tennessee fans are convinced that they are getting revenge on the Gamecocks, and they are just they are just kicking that ass. So. We'll see. I mean, I, I think Needland's a tough place to play. And, and, I mean, they'll be fired up, of course. But how much does revenge factor really play in sports in general? Like, I, I don't – I think it's one of those things that probably gets mentioned more than it should, you know. I think it probably gets mentioned more than it should. Like, if you need revenge to hype you up to play a game, then you're not a real competitor in the first place. You're, you're not. You're not. You want to beat the hell out of your opponent every single time. I don't think it first takes you getting the shit beat out of you to in turn then say, oh, we got to get our revenge. Like, I I think revenge factor is one of those footballisms. It's a bit overplayed. It's fun to talk about, right? South Carolina, the revenge factor against Florida at Willie B. Tennessee, the revenge factor in Neyland against the Gamecocks. But, like, does it really matter when the ball is kicked off? Does it really matter in regards to when toe meets leather? I, again, I think it's more of a talking point. I think it's more of a footballism. I don't know that it's really a basis for picking one team or another to win the game. That's just my my take on it. So, um, Colvin Hall, they had starters out for personnel personal issues and suffered some injuries, so they'll probably say some crap about y'all didn't really beat us. Or it was just a fluke. Well, I mean I, I don't know how anybody could say they weren't fired up or focused because they had the playoff on the line. The Game Cox knocked them out. Coleman, our defense is gonna be gonna let in too much water in the boat and our offense won't be to get the water out fast enough. That is a really interesting way, Coleman, to put it. That is a really that's a really a really interesting way to phrase it, my friend. Really interesting way to phrase it. But you uh, you might have a good point there. Anyways, guys, this is awesome. I appreciate y'all, man. It's just so cool to be able to sit out here, beautiful place like this, and, and do the show and rock the business and and you guys showing love and support, man. It's it's really, really cool. I appreciate y'all, man. Truly grateful for your love and support. Truly grateful for it. Again, guys, in case you missed it, live stream watch along on Saturday. Live stream, watch along on Saturday. We'll watch the Gamecocks in the spring game. Going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Can you hear the birds, Madison? Can you hear the birds? That's cool. That's awesome. Jacob E says second in the East is up for grabs this year. I think you're right. I think the Gamecocks can finish second in the East. You'll probably have to beat Tennessee to do it, but I think you could finish second. I think you absolutely could do it. How about, guys, our friends over at collegefootballnews.com, they rank the SEC schedules based off a of point system, strength of schedule. They ranked the Gamecocks schedule seventh in the SEC. Pretty surprising. This is what they have to say. There aren't any true road games in the non-conference slate, but dealing with Clemson sucks and UNC isn't easy. There are plenty of winnable home games to help the calls, but going to Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas A&M make it a tough run. And also, too, by the way, whoever scheduled this, at Mizzou, at A&M, back-to-back. The two worst road trips you take are back-to-back. I'm just looking at the schedule, guys. When you, when you look at, like, the we always do every single summer, we'll do it again, the most important three-game stretch of the season. I don't know. I, I think you look at – I think Georgia, Mississippi State, Tennessee is very enticing. I think Florida, Mizzou, a and enticing. I think Vandy, Kentucky, Clemson sucks is enticing. Could I convince you that Clemson sucks is the most important game of the year? Could I do that? Could I convince you that Clemson sucks is the most important game of this season? Because I tell you, when you when you think about what makes a season successful, what makes a season successful? How important is that Clem Sucks game? Because I you won that game last year. Are people saying last year was a success if you lost to Clem Sucks, even with the Tennessee game happening? I don't know that they are. Like I, I think when you win that game. It's, it's such a – it does so many positive things for your program, your fan base, obviously. Could I argue that's the most important game? C- could I? JG says, if we don't beat Mizzou, I'm going to pull my hair out. I hear you. Kenny, I'll say on UNC, they're always overrated. They get picked to win the coastal year, and you're out then up seven and five or eight and four. Lynn Turner, Petrie definitely should win National Freshman of the Year. There's no question. He, he absolutely should win National Freshman of the Year. And it's not even remotely up for debate. I mean, it's not even remotely up for debate. Uh, Jacob E. says, "Clem sucks. Extremely important game. I'm going with Mizzou for this year. Well, see, I went Mizzou last year, and you lost to him and you still went eight and four. So I don't know if that's really the most important game anymore. I tell you what's a sneaky game, guys, at home, Kentucky. Do not sleep on Kentucky, man. Maybe I've just got PTSD, but do not sleep on Kentucky. Guys, do you realize, by the way, coming into this year's game, the Gamecocks did beat Kentucky at home, 2019. But it has been real rough sledding. It has been really, really tough sledding against Kentucky still. Um, let's see, question. What can be expected from our men's basketball team now that we lose Gigi? I know it's not going to be pretty, but I don't know how bad we're going to be. We won't be worse than last year. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I don't think it will be worse than last year. Um... I mean, I still think we're probably picked to finish 11th or 12th, maybe 13th. I I still think we're going to be picked to finish at the bottom of the league. That's why I said, guys, last year felt like year zero. And now you're going into year one. You know what I mean? Like, now you're going into year one. Will this team benefit? And you know what? Some people might might not like to hear me say this. Will this team benefit from not having the distraction? Was Gigi Jackson a bit of a distraction? Because it was all about him and the height, the hoop lob, whatever. Was that a distraction? I don't know. I mean, he's a damn good player. He's a damn good player, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, they, they need to continue to build through the portal. <clears throat> the Gamecocks transfer portal class ranked second, although, I mean, that was only with two players. Um, Got to continue to build through the portal. Got to. Got to. Travi, yeah, Mizzou has definitely become the new Kentucky for us. It's, I mean, you and I'll and I tell you this, Travi, I said this, you know, I I, I said this, Travi, about Kentucky, and I'm going to say it about Missouri as well. And I've given Kentucky football probably more credit than any Gamecock fan in existence. But I'm going to do the – I can't even say what I'm about to say. I don't know. <clears throat> Sometimes I mess up, guys. It happens. But again, Travi, to your point, he says Mizzou's become the new Kentucky. And I've given Kentucky football as much, if not more, credit than any Gamecocks content creator out there. But I'm going to do the same thing to Missouri. Because most South kind of fans don't think of Missouri as any sort of power, certainly. But a lot of people don't even want to give them credit as being a real SEC team. But Mizzou has kicked your ass. And at some point, you have to stop. And give Missouri their credit. Just flat out, give them their credit. Eli Drinkwitz has done a good job. They've got a good football program. They've got a good football team. Maybe that's a game that you can just no longer throw in the win bucket, as much as I hate to say that. And I agree for Carolina Football to take the next step and go to the next level and be winning nine, 10 games consistently. You got to beat Missouri. You got to beat Kentucky. Of course, you got to beat Vanderbilt. But Mizzou's one of those teams you got to beat more often than you lose to them. There's no question. You got to beat them more often than you lose to them. But I think also what is a mistake is writing off Missouri as a Vanderbilt. They're not, guys. They're not. They are not. I think unfortunately, Missouri and South Carolina are on a much more even playing field than most people want to give credit to. And if you don't believe me, look at the results on the field. They beat you four in a row. Drink owns you, right now at least. So as I said before about Kentucky, and people hated to hear it then, and they'll hate to hear this about Missouri as well, it's, it's about time Gamecock Nation puts respect on Missouri football. It, it, it's just you have to at some point. You have to tip your cap. At some point, because somebody's beating you like a rented mule every year, and it's the Missouri Tigers. I mean, they just are. They just are. That's got to change, though, and it has to change quickly. It has to change quickly. Guys, that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our last break of the day. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 13 minutes or so in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for, excuse me, excuse me, for the continued love and support. Um, Coleman, speaking on the Missouri banter that I brought up, Missouri's a program is about the same, maybe better than us. We're more south and eastern, have better facilities, but they have our number. Travi replies, that's a damn travesty, Coleman. Coleman says, you're not wrong, but is it not unexpected? I mean, we spent how many years trying to beat better and more talented teams than us at their own game of run the ball and play good defense? <clears throat> Jacob B says, I think recruiting at an elite level for the O-line and D-line would finally elevate us to a new tier in the SEC. And definitely in the East. Jacob B, that's why you're seeing them recruit so heavily in the trenches because that's the difference. As as I've said before, everybody's got playmakers. Everybody has athletes. Vandy's got athletes. Bama's got more of them, don't get me wrong, but Vandy's got athletes. But it's all about the trenches, man. If, If you're able to impose your will on the other guy and you can move him out of the way and twist and turn him and do what you want, you're going to win the football game. Like It just comes down to it. But to Coleman's point, when you don't have those guys, you can't try to beat those big boys and beat everybody at their game. You, you just can't do it. You can't do it. You got to get creative. And we've, we've, that's where we've lacked, right? And I think that goes without saying. We, we have just not, we have just not gotten creative. But, um, John Edward could get a big addition Friday. Josiah Thompson. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that'd be a big one. That'd be a really, really big one. No doubt. Friday at 9 a.m. I think is right. He commits. 9 a.m. I think at Friday. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. Thank you all so much again. I want to say for the continued love and support, man, from the the podcast – the Daily Crow, the merchandise, social media. You know, it's because of you guys, your love and support that we're able to, you know, go on the road and rock the show and make this a thing. And again, if I didn't love what I did so much, I wouldn't be so so adamant about doing this like even when I'm on vacation or or what have you. So um you know I always say I'm actively retired. So that's really my mindset and how I feel. Hello the puppies have returned from the beach. Looks like they had a blast. Looks like they had a really good time. Love that. The dogs are having fun. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's having fun. Uh, Will Hall said he's coming to Somerville. Love that. I know Madison's going to be at Somerville. Madison, I have bad news though, my friend. Unfortunately, I do not have the three X shirts. I know it's it's the shirts were delivered late, and uh, I do not have the three Xs. However, though, however though, Madison, I am now able to fulfill these orders online. So, Madison, I'll be more than happy to send you the link if you'd like to order those three X's. So please reach out to me, Madison. I will get you that link. Again, I do apologize, my friend. What really happened is the shirts were sent out, and they were printed the wrong color. They were garnet instead of black. And uh, unfortunately, because of the clashing garnet text and garnet shirt, you know, they look okay. They look all right. Miss TSUS will have one on probably at the event. So you guys can tell me if you think they look cool. I don't think they look great. They don't look bad. You know what I mean? They're a unique item, but it's obviously clashing with Garnet Text, Garnet shirt. Um, Anyways, though, they took longer to get in than we expected. They'll be in this week, but obviously we are not in Greenville to pick them up. So I will not have the three X's. We've got the shirts. I just don't have Madison's three X's that are in that order, if you will. So uh, Madison, just hit me up, my man, and I will uh, send you the DM. I'll send you the link, if you will. So, um, Lynn, I can make a ladies cut shirt. If you would like Lynn, I can make one. I could definitely make one. I could definitely make one. Come
4: here.
1: Their faces are covered, covered in sand. They were digging. They were digging on the beach you were digging. They were digging. They're very happy, though. Everybody's happy here. Everybody's happy. How could you not be at a place like this? So, How could you not? Again, guys, less than 10 minutes to go. A lot of great festivities going on this weekend for the spring game. Y'all be sure to check them out. Uh, I believe in Gamecock, supporting Gamecock. So y'all check them out, no doubt. Uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow being out at the golf tournament. Saturday, we'll have the live stream watch along for the spring game. And I will get back in Columbia at some point. Uh, probably going to catch a baseball game before it's all said and done. Maybe the, maybe the Florida series. That would be a fun one. But uh, we'll let you guys know. I have no idea. I tell you the trip I'd like to take is Hoover. I, I really would like to go to Hoover and check out the SEC tournament. I've been talking about that for years. It's really not that far. We could rent the Airbnb and uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe the maybe the year TSUS embarks on Hoover's a year we actually make a run in Hoover. Maybe so, maybe so. I have no idea. But if we do that, I think I'd probably have to go every single year. But uh, let's see that pup right there? Is he the pup? Look at this pup. Look at that. Look at that guy. Yep. So, anyways, guys, Shane Beamer will speak, like I said, at twelve twenty seven. Intrigued to hear what he has to say ahead of Saturday's spring game. Uh, we will cover that, of course, and, and have you guys update on everything going on. Let's see. I'll probably, guys, also be joining uh, the door report to talk South Carolina and Vanderbilt, which will take place this weekend. Looking forward to that. Guys, I'm locked in for tonight. I got Gamecocks, by the way, 12-1 against USC. I, I don't think it's a close game. I think the Gamecocks will take care of business and um, also after last week and how wrong I was, I may not pick us to lose another midweek all year. (laughs) So, Lynn Turner says, Tanner always said he didn't mind early exits in Hoover to get ready for the run to Omaha. Well, I will say this, Lynn, it's a lot like basketball where it's like the conference tournament really only benefits people who need it to get into the postseason. Like, if if you're a top eight national seed, what does Hoover mean to you? I mean, winning the SEC, I think, is still cool. Like, I would say, like, winning the SEC tournament would be a really cool thing. But it's not a necessity. It's not what matters, right? It's not what matters. It's it's just kind of a nice-to-have, not a must-have. Again, unless you're like Carolina last year and you needed to make some insane run to make the postseason at all. So, you know, but it's a fun thing. Like I, I think it's really cool, man. I, I'd love to sit in there and <clears throat> watch basically all the baseball and enjoy it and experience it. I mean, it's you know, people say that Hoover it's it's better than Omaha almost because of just how many good teams and so I think we might check it out. I think we might. I think that's something I might go ahead and put in my plans and um yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of fun. So Jacob E says if you're a fringe top eight. Well, if you're a fringe top eight. If you're a fringe top eight, that's different, Jacob. You're no doubt. That's that's if you're a fringe top eight, no doubt. So <clears throat> let's see. Whew. Madison says, what does the spring game have in common with the state fair and tailgate food? Atten- what is this? A, a tweet? Attention GameCock fans. SCS food. SCSF Food Drive. Go out to that. Coleman says, "Meant to click and send earlier. Stoked to see the O-line get some great recruits for sure. I just don't want to get into a boxing, run the ball, play good defense match with Ali, who is Bama and Tyson, Georgia, if we aren't at their level. Ohio State and Tennessee took lunch money from Georgia Bama by throwing a ton. I mean, I agree with you, Coleman. I I, I, I think 110%, man, if it's all about a, you know, if it's, if it's all a matchup game and all about, you know, winning the matchups, well, you got to do some things different. If you don't have the personnel to match up, you know, you just, you just be a fool trying to beat them at their own game. You would, I mean, I, I always go back to the money ball quote where he says, if we try to beat the Yankees in here, we will lose to the Yankees out there. I mean, it's the same thing. You try to beat them at their own game. See how far that'll get you. So Jacob. Yeah. The approach to plate, man, we, we, you, you, it's, it's so funny. We're sitting here April and we're talking nothing but football and baseball is doing what they're doing. I know Austin Greer's mentioned that a couple of times, but football is just so captivating and fun to talk about. But, uh, now the approach has been incredible. The approach has been incredible, my friend. Been incredible. Um, what Monty Lee has done, the positive impact. Also, just bringing in veteran hitters, man. You're bringing in guys that understand that that are, that are mature. That's got a, they've got a lot of college at bats under their belt. They know what a good at bat and a bad at bat look like, right? They're not just going up there just clueless with no plan. But I will say, I mean, it's it's crazy how much South Carolina has been hit by a pitch this year and the patience they've shown. I mean, I, I think that's made a huge difference. I think it's made a huge difference. And, you know, again, you give credit to a lot of people. You give credit to Monty Lee. You give credit to these new players they brought in. And give credit, of course, to Mark Kingston because he's overseeing it all. Marion R26, here's a funny question. <clears throat> he says, Chris, is Miss TSUS a big sports fan as well? Uh, Marion R26, Absolutely not. Miss TSUS could not care less, But which is fine. Brings a lot of balance to my life. Uh, Bruination, we are on until noon. So you got two minutes, my guy. We've been talking. Hey, Bruination, we talked a lot about Lenora Sellers today. I was wondering where you were. Will Hall, Matthew Becker started with the Gamecocks tonight. But yeah, Bruination, a lot on Lenora Sellers in this show. Probably going to clip it as well. And post to social media. So if you missed it, for sure, check that out. But uh, yeah, we talked, uh, we were talking top storylines, Ruination for the spring game. And our good friend Will from Dirty Myrtle brought up Lenora Sellers. So uh, if you go back about an hour in the show, a lot of Lenora Sellers chatter. I know a lot of people are excited to see what Lenora Sellers can do. So uh, definitely go back. If you want to listen to it, Ruination, if you want to watch it, you can do that. Of course, TDC drops every day on our podcast feed iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcast you can check that out there. Um, Yeah, I was wondering, Bruination, I was like, where's Bruination? He wants to hear about Lenora Sellers. We're talking Lenora Sellers. We're hyping up Lenora Sellers, man. We were also talking, Bruination, about the quarterback battle going into next year with Bailey, Davis, Doty, Sellers, right? Is Sellers going to be the guy? And what happens to everyone else if he is indeed the guy? That'll be a lot of fun, but of course, that's down the road. Guys, we've hit noon or about to hit noon. Truly appreciate you all tuning in, guys. I will not Ruination be covering the Beamer press conference. Uh, head over to the Gamecocks YouTube page. You can watch that on your own. Of course, I will be tweeting out quotes and stuff like that, but I will not be covering the press conference. Ruination. I'm about to walk over, hike over, hit the beach, my friend. So uh sorry, not sorry, but I guess I'll say. Sorry, not sorry about it. But we will be, uh, you know, tweeting quotes, stuff like that. But I will not be airing the Beamer press conference, I should say. Guys, we've hit noon. Again, thank you all so much. Uh, Check out TDC via podcast version if you missed anything or just want to go back and listen. Uh, Of course, stay tuned for all the clips, all the content, content bleeding out the eyeballs. And, of course, Gamecocks taking on USC Upstate tonight at Founders Park. So, with that being said, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Go Cox, beat USC Upstate, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, 10 to noon. Do not forget early TDC tomorrow, 10 to noon. Have a great day. We'll talk to you then.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.